0: Around the world and coast to coast This is the Phil Nason Show Welcome 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 To the Phil Nason Show Hey everybody, welcome to the Phil Nason Show I am so happy to have you here Basketball time is once again upon us We've got playoff basketball to talk about We've got lots to talk about But up first, got to say this. I'm so excited that the Supreme Court has lifted the ban, and now they allow the states to decide whether or not they will permit sports betting in their states. Isn't that a nice thing? Like the legendary Meyer Lansky once said, if they can find a way to tax it, they'll make it legal. And that's what they've done. Essentially made sports betting legal now of course you could go to las vegas and bet you could also go to the state of delaware but you had to play a three-team parlay but now you can go well you, you know what you have to wait and see what your state is going to do but more than likely it's going to happen very soon there's a lot of money to be made it's a billion dollar industry You know, we have have DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, FanDuel, DraftKings, and I think we're still going to have that. However, I also think that these sites are probably going to also be taking wagers like a sports book. I think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure of it. Because we've been getting surveys recently from these companies asking us what we think about sports betting. Do we sports bet? Do we do this? Do we do that? Whatever. And you know something? I think it's great. I think DFS will remain. I think you're always going to be able to wager in those venues and in those games. I think they'll always be there for us. I think you're going to see tennis. Now you'll probably see some other sports. But more people are going to flock to the gaming, obviously. And that's a good thing. If you've been following me the last couple years, you'll know and do know that I've been transitioning to sports betting. I, I like to do that more now than I do daily. I still play daily occasionally, but not often. And probably never more than a buck because I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. And I'm transitioning over. I'm also going to write books about DFS. And including in that will also be sports wagering and how to do it. And, you know, we offer a free pick every single day, the Bovada free pick of the day. And we've done pretty well with it so far. Um, We are 12-7 and in the NBA, 2-2 and in MLB. Got one up there today. You can go to philnasonshow.com or flashspeaks.wordpress.com. That's where I started all of it. And take advantage of the free pick. You can also sign up, subscribe, whatever, contact me, and I'll coach you for a fee. I'll give you my complete slate for the day. But you got to pay me for that. But that's where we're headed. That's where the United States is headed. We're headed into the sports betting world. Until then, you got Bovada. Still have Bovada. You hit that link in the show notes or on the right side of the website, and you know what you get. You get a big bonus from Bovada. Compliments of the Phil Nason show. How's that sound? That's pretty good. Big bonuses. Up to thirty three hundred and fifty bucks, I think, in total bonuses and it's not just for sports betting you can also casino bet and do these other things and it's completely safe and you will have a great time over there at Bovada i promise you we also have TVG that's the sports or the racetrack off track betting sites that we like to use a lot and if i'm not mistaken they've uh, hooked up with draft.com so that's another thing that you're going to probably see is some of these DFS sites hooking up with off-track betting or casinos and bringing, working together in order to take bets faster. And they'll be taking wages. You can bet on that. So that's where we stand with that. And I think it's a great thing. I, I also think that it's great for the teams themselves. The NBA salary cap will absolutely go up. The players will get 50% of that revenue, 50% of what the NBA's cut is. You're also going to see the baseball teams get money, extra money that's going to probably go to salaries and the hockey teams and the football teams. We're going to see a rise in the NFL pass and we can see a rise in the NHL pass and the NBA pass and all those premium sports channels you're going to see a rise in that so a lot of people are going to win from this a lot of people especially you who listen to this show because you know already you make cash with the flash that's a fact jack you make cash with the flash and you've been doing it for years and now it's time for the flash to get some cash also for all his hard work what do you think? I think that sounds like a great idea, don't you? Oh, yes. I think it sounds like a great idea. Pay the flash his cash. And I got to tell you, this NBA playoffs, these Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals, I guess we should start with the East. And I got to say this. People seem shocked by the fact that Boston is now 2-0 and in their best-of-seven series. They won both their home games. Rather convincingly, actually. And people seem shocked, especially Cavaliers fans. And and I guess I have to ask the question, or it begs the question, what have you been watching all year? Because this is who your Cleveland Cavaliers are. This team right here is who they are. They are not any different, ever. I mean, ever. This is a team that just doesn't play well sometimes. Okay, they had a great, great, great run through Toronto. Smashed Toronto. But Toronto's a paper tiger. You know, we expect things like that from Toronto. I didn't expect them to win with a sweep, but I expected the Cavaliers to win. I also expect the Cavaliers to beat the Boston Celtics in either six or seven games, probably six. But that's not to say that it's going to be easy. Because it's not going to be easy. Because this Boston Celtics team has nothing to lose. And every minute they play against the Cavs and, well, in times, dominate them, it gives them more confidence. But this, again, this is how the Cleveland Cavaliers have played all season long. I mean, they shoot the ball awful at times. Like, for example, they're shooting 24% from three. That's well below their season average. Well below it. They're shooting 41% from the field. That's well below it. It's not even a good thing what you're seeing from Cleveland, but it's what we've seen all season long. So this shouldn't be a shock to anyone at all. And... There's a few things, though, that we do want to mention. One of the things that I've noticed and I've heard Brad Stevens say, the head coach over at Boston, is they're going to let LeBron get his and just kind of keep everybody else in check. Now, that has worked. That really has worked. But it's not worked. It can't work for the entire series. And I'm going to tell you why it can't work for the entire series. Because these guys are good. You've got a lot of shooters on this team. Some damn good shooters on this team. And when you look at these guys, that's what you see. You see guys who are streaky and sometimes inconsistent. But at the end of the day, you have to look at these guys and you say at some point they're going to come through. At some point They're going to say, hey, you know something? We can beat these guys. We can make them go away, but we first have to hit them in the mouth. We have to actually go out there and play basketball and hit them in the mouth. So far, they haven't done that. But when you start letting LeBron get his, then you've got Kevin Love to deal with, and they've kind of held him in check. Then you've got others like Kyle Korver who can get hot. Jarrett Smith sometimes can get hot, too. And that reminds me, I want to bring this up. Jarrett Smith should not be playing game three. That was one of the most Bush League fouls I've seen in quite some time. He pushed Al Horford with two hands in the back when Horford was in midair. That's dangerous. That's foolish. That's a knucklehead move. He should be suspended. He should have been ejected and he should have been suspended, but none of those things happened. And you start to wonder, why is that? I don't know why that is, but one thing is sure, this kind of thing can't continue because somebody's going to get really hurt. And the one that could have gotten hurt the most is Marcus Smart, who went over there to challenge J.R. Smith. And if it weren't for Tristan Thompson perhaps Marcus Smart would have hit J.R. Smith in the nose and that would have kicked Smart out of the series or at least a couple of games. You throw a punch in a playoff game, you're probably going to get a two- or three-game suspension. You see, those are the kind of knucklehead moves that the NBA can't allow. You cannot allow those sorts of things to happen because if you do, somebody's going to get seriously hurt. This has been brewing all season long. And now it's at this point where we've got these two teams – Going at it. One of them is going to advance to the NBA Finals. And they're playing hard. And if you're going to allow that, that's a bad sign. It's a really bad sign. I don't like it at all. Not at all. But what I have liked is the way LeBron James has played in this series. He's freaking phenomenal. Kevin Love's averaging a double-double. These are all good things, but they need help. And they got to get it. And then J.R. Smith... He even said, "You know we gotta step up and help LeBron. No kidding, but you're not gonna help him by getting thrown out of ball games and getting suspended like should have happened. and this is all on LeBron. It's not on Tyron Lou. I am so tired of hearing about this Tyron Lou this Tyron Lu that he ain't the coach. he's never been the coach. He's taking it on the chin because well, he acts like the coach, but let's face it, he's not the coach. LeBron runs that team. LeBron's got to take care of business. Because if he doesn't, Jalen Brown and the rest of these Boston Celtics are going to take them out. Yeah, they're going to take them out. They're going to crush them. Jalen Brown is having a, a tremendous series. But then again, if you're a 2 or a 3, you're going to get that. These guys, these guys being the Cavaliers, don't defend anybody, but especially not Twos and threes who can shoot. And Jalen Brown is doing whatever he wishes. Terry Rozier is doing pretty much whatever he wishes. Al Horford is doing pretty much what he wishes. Marcus Morris is doing eh, sometimes what he wishes. Marcus Smart has played well. Jason Tatum has played well. Brad Stevens needs to be applauded for this because he's got these guys believing that they can knock off the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, here's the rub, though. I don't know if that's going to happen, and here's why. Boston's won two games at home, and bravo, well done. But in order for them to win this series, they're going to have to win one game in Cleveland or sweep them at home. As this series continues, and the longer it continues, and especially if they hold serve and it goes to a game seven, Boston stops becoming the team that has nothing to lose, And the pressure goes on them to close it out at home in front of their crowd. And that might not be as easy as some people think it's going to be. Because you have to remember a couple things. You've got guys over in that locker room, well, two guys anyway, three guys, four guys, who have a championship ring, who know what it's like to come down from from being down three games to one and win a championship. This means nothing to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're very, pardon the pun, cavalier about the whole thing. And the reason they are is because they've been down this road before. And that's where I wonder how much longer Boston can keep this up. But they have played phenomenal in this series. They've played phenomenal this entire season, losing Gordon Hayward five minutes into the season, losing Kyrie Irving in March. And it's like they've actually gotten better, or if not gotten better, but haven't regressed. This is why I say the things I say when I say they probably could at least consider trading Kyrie Irving. It'll be cheaper in the long run, and you may be able to get one of those bigs that can come in there and make a difference against a team like Philadelphia when you need it the most. Brad Stevens, again, he should be applauded. So should Danny Ainge, because I got to tell you, he flees Cleveland in the end, I think. And now it looks as though they could end up winning the Eastern Conference Final and going to the NBA Finals. But they got a long way to go still. It's never a series until the visiting team wins. And it's going to be on the Boston Celtics to make that happen on Saturday night. Now, I don't think that they will. I think it still could go six games. I think, depending on how this game goes on Saturday, I I fully expect the Cleveland Cavaliers to win on Saturday. But how it goes will will determine the rest of the series. And if that's the case, then I think, and it goes Cleveland's way in a big way, which I suspect it might, I think, Boston will be going back to Boston, tied up, and I don't think it's going to be too pretty going forward. I think it's going to be a lot different. Like I said before, it's a lot easier when you're playing with nothing to lose than it is to play with something to lose, especially when you've never had to do that. The Cleveland Cavaliers have had to do that, and I think that they will continue to do that. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. But one thing that we don't have to see about, if you're watching the Western Conference Final, then I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you're probably seeing the, or what should be, the NBA Final. Because those are the two best teams this season. They are the two best teams in the NBA. And they are slugging it out over there in the West, all tied up at one apiece. And I must say something to you right now. I am so thrilled that I get to watch that series. This is a good one. You're watching two guys, Kevin Durant and James Harden, basically do whatever they want. James Harden gets to the rack at will. Kevin Durant, when he's 10 feet in, it's almost like he's just landed over the top of the rim because he's so tall when he extends... He's just His head is over the rim. He's just laying it in. He's not even shooting. Just flipping it up there. And I'll tell you, I've hooted on that kid for years and years. He's still not one of my favorite players or people. But damn, he's good. And he is taking care of business in this series, as is James Harden. You're looking at two of the best scores we have in the NBA. Head-to-head, mano-a-mano. And going at it. But unlike, say, for example, Boston, and obviously Cleveland, these two guys are not one-man shows. Hardly a one-man show. In fact, Kevin Durant, okay, I should say this. I'm going to say it like this. The Golden State Warriors have three guys who can knock your lights out at any given moment when you have Klay Thompson, who scored 28 in Game 1. And, of course, the phenomenal, unanimous MVP, Steph Curry. We know what he can do. I'm a Knicks fan. I know what he can do. He jacked 54 on us a few years ago. Us, I said. I feel like I'm on the team. Ha, ha, I, well, I'm glad I'm not. But they've got some serious freaking firepower in that lineup. And Draymond Green is no slouch. He's their emotional leader. He's the guy, I should say, like Reggie Jackson says, he's the straw that stirs the drink. And he is. That kid can play. That kid knows how to play. Okay, He might not be the best scorer, but he doesn't have to be because he does everything else very well. He gets steals. He gets blocks. If he has to intimidate somebody, he's not afraid to try to do that. He can hit the occasional three. He can score if they need it. He can average double digits in assists and rebounds, and you won't even realize it. But mostly, he's their heart and soul. He drives the train. And that train won game one. And then you have the flip side. You essentially have James Harden, who's phenomenal, and you have Chris Paul, who's also been damn good in this series. And outside of that, you need these kind of these miracle games, like in game two. You need guys like Trevor, or Trevor Ariza, and you need guys like P.J. Tucker to go off. That's how you beat the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul, James Harden, oh, sure, they can go out and get theirs. They can get theirs at will, like they did in Game 1. But if they don't get any help besides Eric Gordon, it's going to be a tough night for them. And the way they do it is to play faster and to jack up more threes, and that's exactly what they did in game two. They shot 38 threes in game one. They increased it by four, and they won by 22 because they just never stop, and they got big steals. They must have had eight or nine steals in that game. They only had one block. Like I told you in the previews, I didn't see Clint Capella being that big of a factor in this series just because of the matchup. Not because he's not, or hasn't had a phenomenal year, because he has. A breakthrough year, if you will. But this is a bad matchup for him. Who's go, Who is he going to guard? Physically, he's going to match up with Draymond Green. Draymond will run him off the floor. He can't guard Kevin Durant, so what does that leave? Who does that leave him? Andre Iguodala? There's going to be a mismatch there. This is bad for business. He's getting his minutes. He's still playing 30 minutes or more a night. But this is not the right matchup for him. And that's a shame. Now, if they somehow find a way to advance, then he's going to probably show who he really is against a team like Cleveland or against a team like Boston. But against the Golden State Warriors who bust out that Hamptons 5 lineup? Nah, that's a tough road to hoe. But... Let's say this. If Houston wants to win in game three, they're going to need to win a game on the road. They have to get one on the road somehow. Got to. They lost game one at home. They have to get one on the road. If they don't get one sooner rather than later, this baby's over in six. Because this Golden State Warriors team, they are experienced. They are veterans, but they're also young. They know how to win, and they will win. And they'll blow you out doing it. They'll come out like they did in Game 1 on fire. And if they do, I don't see how Houston can stay with them. I mean, I know Eric Gordon's been fantastic off the bench, but so is Nick Young for the Golden State Warriors. He's been good, too. So you've got these two teams, and it's like I said, this is so much fun to watch for a basketball junkie like me. I want to see this thing go seven games because this, after watching this, the finals are going to be anticlimactic because whoever wins this series is probably going to blow out whoever they play. I mean, you watch this and you watch that other series, it's like night and day, isn't it? Like night and day. It's incredible the level that these guys are playing at. The Houston Rockets in Game 2 shot 50% or 51% from the floor. 51%. That's sizzling. They shot 45% in Game 1. Golden State, they shot, listen to this, 52% from the floor in Game 1. And 45%. You see, they kind of did a flip-flop. And you see this, how the scores worked out? That's what's going to win this series. Whoever, obviously, shoots the best. But both these teams play defense, too. Houston stepped it up in Game 2. Can they continue? Can P.J. Tucker really score 22 points again? Is he really going to be 8 from 9 from the field again? Is Trevor Ariza going to be seven for nine from the field again in this series? Or even ever, for that matter? That's what it's going to take for them to beat Golden State. That's why I say the things I say. I I just don't see it happening. Ryan Anderson is like an afterthought, and this was in a blowout. Luke Mabuamut, an afterthought, and this was a blowout. Gerald Green has come off the bench a little bit. He hasn't gotten on fire, but he could be the guy in Game 3 that comes off the bench and does what a P.J. Tucker or a Trevor Ariza does. Joe Johnson could do that. They have the the weapons. It's whether or not they get the opportunity. And as we've seen over the years, Golden State is very good at limiting opportunities and taking advantage of things like Game 1 when they came in there and knocked them off. I really thought they were going to win again in game two. Houston didn't look good. Body language-wise, they didn't look good when they left the court, but they came back and they played their game. Folks wanted them to change, but they still played their game. It was so much fun to watch, man. I just loved it. And it's good to see a 1-1 series. It's great to see these two teams with these two dynamic scores, two of the best scorers we have in the NBA, and Kevin Durant. And James Harden going off. I'd like to see Steph Curry do a little more, but man, it's so hard. He's, Chris Paul is his matchup, and that ain't fun for him. And the other thing, too, what you saw a lot more in Game 2, even though he didn't score as many points, is when they're switching, Steph Curry ends up on James Harden, and that is not a very good scenario. For Houston to win, they need to make force that scenario to happen more than what it did in Game 2, and a lot more than what it did in Game 1. And I think they can. They, they figured that out, and it's okay. I think Golden State's even willing to accept that. But what Golden State can't allow is guys like Trevor Ariza and P.J. Tucker to go off and combine for 41 points <laughs> on 15-for-18 shooting. How's that again? That'll never happen again. P.J. Tucker, 5-for-6 from beyond the arc. That's never going to happen again. If it does, Golden State's going home, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be over in six. I think Golden, just like my prediction, I think Golden State wins this thing in six. And they're going probably to win the championship. They'll go on and do that because no one's going to stop them in the East. You know what? It's been a lot of fun once again, and that's going to wrap it up. For this edition of the Phil Nason Show, head on over to Bovada and get that big bonus, 3300 bucks worth. Just for listening to this show and clicking that link in the show notes or the link in the Bovada image on the website, PhilNasenshow.com or at FlashSpeaks.WordPress.com. Make sure to check out our free pick of the day. And also, make sure if you're winning cash, you want to win more, you got to subscribe. And I have plenty of premium packages. Taylor May will Taylor make one just for you. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves, be good, and most important. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.